Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation this week. As always, there's a lot going on. First of all, this doesn't look good. Someone detained in North Korea, and it looks like they're from the United States. And a United States Army personnel oh, as well. That, that's, that's really not good. Uh, yeah, according to the early reports now, he was detained during a joint security area tour after crossing the military demarcation line separating North and South Korea. So th- this is the joint security area. Uh, you've seen it whenever there's a story about the demilitarized zone between South and North Korea. Uh, this is where you have different little outbuildings. This is where diplomats every once in a while will meet. There are what kind of look like glorified double wides that people go into uh, for any sort of diplomatic exchange. Um, and there are a bunch of checkpoints that you have to go through to get to this area. Mm-hmm. But crossing the demarcation line in this area is just a matter of taking a step across. Very memorably, Donald Trump did it. Yes. Uh, to go shake hands with Kim Jong-un. So not really clear exactly why this person would have crossed the line, but it certainly comes, as the people in the news business say, at a front time between the U.S. and its allies and North Korea. Because it was like for the first time since the 1980s, we had a U.S. nuclear-capable submarine uh, coming into port at Busan in South Korea as a means of showing, hey, chubby little nut job Kim Jong-un, you're not going to scare us into uh, just dissolving any sort of strategic alliance against you. Okay. From the different reports, at least I've heard, what was your takeaway was this like an honest mistake? Was this curiosity? How does this happen? That's the big question people have. Yeah, I see. And and there I don't really know. You're supposed to, I, I don't think it's required, but you're supposed to be about 20 yards away from the line at all times because there mm-hmm. is a chance that if you get a little too close, you know, the North Korean soldiers, if anybody's there providing security, will will grab you and take you away. So I, if this was actually something like that, then that's a kidnapping and a red line's been crossed. But if the person did willingly go to the other side and maybe start exploring part of the building or uh, part of the compound in that part of the uh, in that part of the demilitarized zone, in that case, it's like that person made a really boneheaded decision. Man. Okay. so keeping an eye on that one. That's out there. And speaking of Trump. Uh, He thinks he's going to be arrested again. Yeah. uh, Donald Trump posted on Truth Social that uh, deranged Jack Smith, this is the uh, special prosecutor who's already indicted him once for the classified documents thing. Um, The prosecutor with Biden's DOJ sent a letter uh, stating that I am a target of the January 6th grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and indictment. Hmm. I'm in trouble. So, yeah, apparently Jack Smith, he's been investigating the efforts to overturn the 2020 election leading up to the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. And so uh, I guess he's going to be arrested again. 
I'm sorry, dude. That makes me laugh every time. I can't help it. Is it going to mean anything other than his numbers going up? Yeah, the poll numbers will go up. But again, you know, to me, I I, I do think eventually uh, this does reach a breaking point with Donald Trump in in the legal arena, meaning it's not something that he's going to skate on. And I, I'm not saying that I think he should have been charged with anything, and I certainly don't think he should be charged with uh, protesting the outcome of an election. Otherwise, I mean, we're the handcuffs for Hillary Clinton. Come on. Right, of course. So um, I don't think he deserves it. But if you look at especially the January 6th defendants who've been gone after by the Biden DOJ relentlessly, mm-hmm. if they want to indict and then convict him, they've got a pretty good chance to do it. Okay. So you're actually thinking it, he's in far more trouble that way than I would have thought. Yeah. Just before this conversation right now. Well, and I and I thought the same thing with the classified documents thing as well. If they want to nail you to the wall, they're going to figure out a way to do it. Yeah, you know, there's enough technicality they can go after that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. And there'll be more on Trump uh, a little bit later. And also with DeSantis and his pivot as far as his campaign goes. It's really interesting to watch that right now. Um, you were telling me earlier, David, that you had some audio of this California DA that was unbelievable. Dude. So I can't wait for this. What What's the deal here? So this is uh, the progressive DA of Alameda County in California. That's where Oakland is, among other cities. Uh, she's already facing a recall just six months into her term because of her pro-criminal stance. So she did an interview with uh, CBS Bay Area where she said, you know, well, the justice system is racist, so I have no choice but to lower penalties for criminals. One of the cases is horrific. She lowered the charges against two guys who killed a 23-month-old toddler during a shootout on the freeway. The baby was caught in the crossfire, was killed. The previous DA... Uh, had some sort of enhancement that would have sent them away uh, to prison for life with no possibility of parole. Yeah. And I think most reasonable people can say, yeah, because you numbskulls were shooting at each other on a freaking freeway and you killed a baby. Yeah, you should go away for the rest of your life. Well, no. No, now this lady comes into office and lowers the charges. All right, let's hear this. And that's one of several horrific decisions. And this interview on CBS Bay Area got really tense as she was being pressed on this stuff. All right. In your pursuit of achieving equity, it is favoring perpetrators over victims. Oh, is that correct? That's absolutely not true. Often what studies have shown, and it's true in Alameda County, many times people who are perpetrators or labeled as perpetrators were actually victims. Prices PR oh, oh, hold on pushed- a second before it goes any more with that. Well, the studies have shown. Well, you can say that about domestic abuse. That doesn't mean you don't punish people. Right. You're responsible for your actions. That's insanity. Price's PR person pushed to wrap our interview before our allotted time was up. I hope that moving forward we will have more access to you. I doubt it, quite frankly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't want to have a conversation actually have to defend my policies. That's not the woke way. You should know that. Right. Just fall in line. Wow. It's amazing that she actually admitted that. Because yeah. usually it's some sort of lip service to say, well, of course, we yeah. want to be transparent. Nope. Yeah, probably not going to happen again. 
I thought actually that you were from CBS and you'd be friendly to us. Right. You're actually asking tough questions. Mm-hmm. Screw this. Yeah, I'm out of here. Forget th- it. This is why this is why the far left progressives always get so defensive because they know that on substance they can't win an argument. It's true. So then they just call you racist, they call you transphobic, homophobic, a neo-Nazi, all white supremacist, all of that stuff because they can't actually defend their actions on the merit. Right. Climate denier. Whatever it might be. Yes, of course. Um, This is interesting. Someone is out there saying, obviously, as far as that cocaine caper from the White House, obvious it's Hunter's. Who is this? It was uh, the guy who was the inspiration for the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. No way. Jordan Belfort. Convicted fraudster. (laughs) And, of course, uh, former cocaine addict, recovering cocaine addict. Uh, He lent his expertise on using cocaine to analyze who left cocaine at the White House. He was brought in by Jesse Waters on Fox News, taking over for the time slot for Tucker, obviously. Right. Uh, And he said, come on, man. It's definitely Hunter Biden. All right. (laughs) That's great. Roll it. People typically don't stop using a drug unless they've suffered massive consequences. And this guy hasn't suffered consequences for anything, whether it's not declaring taxes, whether it's going on the board of Burisma and, like, you know, why was he there, whether it's becoming a famous artist overnight and selling Scribble Scrabble for, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars, no consequences there. So why would he have stopped? You will sometimes have it on you. You'll have it in one spot that's uh, not detected by cameras. So the person had to know where the cameras weren't looking, right? So that's the first yeah. thing. He'll probably have... Oh, it's probably, no, it's just a visitor. It had to be just right. some visitor. They, they were looking unloaded, but they just happened to know where the cameras wouldn't be at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sort of thing. He'll probably have two, three, four different little drop spots that he could just <laughs> sneak in, or she could sneak in, take a quick hit or two, and there you go. Now, I don't think it's Joe Biden, because, listen, he'd probably sound a lot sharper on TV if he was using Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, quick question about the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. If it's running again on some cable channel, do you ever stop and watch it? Because I don't want to watch the whole thing. Yeah. Because it, it, you know, it's it's pretty nasty in spots, but the one scene I'll watch every time is the lewd scene mm-hmm. where it, DiCaprio yeah. can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it a lot of Scorsese films are for me. I don't really want to sit down for like 16 hours to watch the full movie, but right. individual scenes, if I pass it by on cable, I'll watch until the commercial break. Yes. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some video of Hunter somewhere in the same sort of situation. <laughs> mm, president, son! <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. All right, a lot to get to. Um, city buses are getting AI cameras to give out instant parking tickets. And the failing New York Times drops a truth bomb about COVID. Next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial. The Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins, on vacation this week. You know, it's hot. Reminded again. Hot many parts of the country. Oh, yeah. The climate alarmists are out. Never been hot in the summer before. Uh, more on that in a bit. Wanted to get to this. I saw this at Hot Air. David Strom, he writes a lot of pieces that I find interesting. And the headline was, the failing New York Times casually drops a truth bomb. About 30% of COVID deaths weren't from COVID. Mm, Yeah. Okay. So I get into this piece, and he's talking about how the United States ranks poorly with COVID stats. Okay. 
despite years of being told that the United States government has been rigorous in properly counting COVID deaths, everybody who's been working on this at all and has a functioning brain would have figured out that the U.S. has grossly overcounted deaths from COVID. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of reasons for that. As he writes, there was an actual financial incentive to do so. With the government paying larger sums to health care providers for COVID patients and paying the death expenses of those who died from COVID. And of course, and we were talking about this at the time, the establishment wanted everyone panicked and compliant. And there was no better way to do it at the time than, oh, he died in a motorci- motorcycle crash? Did he have COVID? Yeah, he died of COVID. Yeah. Put it on the COVID list. Okay. And then we would hear time and time again, oh, that, that's been debunked. That was one outlier. But then you would see it pop up again and again and again. Yeah. But as he writes, as with their admission that the Hunter Biden laptop was real gears after it was proven to be so, the failing New York Times buried their admission that the numbers were cooked deep in the bowels of a story. So they confirmed what a lot of people said for a long time and were called conspiracy theorists for it. And in the story, it says COVID's toll, to be clear, has not fallen to zero. The CDC's main COVID webpage estimates that about 80 people a day have been dying from the virus in recent weeks, which is equal to about 1% of overall daily deaths. The official number is probably an exaggeration. Again, this is from the Times. Yeah. Because it includes some people who had virus when they died, even though it was not the underlying cause of death. Wow. Other CDC data suggests that almost one-third of official recent COVID deaths have fallen into this category. A study published in the journal Clinical Infectious Diseases came to similar conclusions. Well, thanks now. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I remember very clearly pointing that out. Hey, are we differentiating who is dying with COVID versus from COVID? And, you know, you get called a conspiracy theory, or you did at the time. And then, remember, was it 2021 maybe when... California health officials, or not, not, not at the state level. Sorry, I think it was one hospital system said, "Oh yeah, we were overcounting the number of pediatric admissions for COVID by as much as fifty percent." Mm-hmm. Not even talking about deaths. You're talking about what what they were counting was like kids with terminal illnesses or or uh, at least persistent illnesses, things like cancer and other maladies. And if they tested positive for COVID. That was counted as a COVID hospitalization, even though they were there for something else. Yes. And it was so frustrating because you had people that had been reporters for years that maybe weren't in the business anymore that were reporting on this stuff. People mm-hmm. that were from like CBS, they're saying, hey, wait a second, this, is, this math doesn't add up. Conspiracy theorists. Yeah. And I mean, they were just thrown out to the heap years of credibility down yeah. because they were well they were reporting the truth so as strom points out this doesn't amount to an admission they lied but rather simply covering their own butts after it no longer matters yeah they got what they wanted the panic the election results they liked the smearing of republicans the wholesale changes in how social media companies regulate speech and the suppression of dissent for their power grab yeah and i like this line So put that in the now they tell us category. 
that Anthony Fauci entered just after his retirement when he published an article admitting that vaccines against respiratory diseases don't really work as advertised. <laughs> well, thanks a lot now. Well, it reminds me of, of uh, you know, the whole comorbidity thing. Whenever they would have a story where someone in their 30s died mm-hmm. and they said otherwise healthy. And many times, many times, dude, that person was obese, morbidly obese. Yes. And that's not otherwise healthy. No. You know, there are other maladies aside from cancer or another long-term chronic illness, right? I mean, obesity was, you know, counting, you know, outside of age, obesity was the number one predictor of whether or not you were going to do well with COVID. But they wouldn't talk about it. Nope. And I understand that... It's dicey and it's uncomfortable. You're not looking to hurt anybody's feelings, but that's the reality. And you got to be able to talk about the reality, but news organizations wouldn't do it. Unbelievable. All right, we got to switch gears. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony (laughs) Fauci, you're attacking science. Uh, Of course, yes. Did you see this story where there's a company called Hayden AI that has a new camera system that lets city buses scan for illegally parked cars, and then it writes instant tickets? Mm. Buses in New York started getting them last year. D.C.'s getting them. Santa Monica, California just finished a test run. So each bus has an AI camera that scans the road and reads license plates. And if you're parked illegally, it documents it. And then you get the ticket in the mail. So for right now, they're using it for people who park or drive illegally in bus lanes. The point is to avoid delays and make sure buses can make all their stops. But you know where this goes, the old slippery slope. Uh-huh, yeah. Then, the, you know, there are people like afraid that, wait a second, because of my belief system, they know my license plate number, and I'm mm-hmm. getting tickets all over the place? Yeah. I mean, that might be tenfold hattie, but that's where people's yeah. minds go right now. That's that's where China is right now, I mean. Oh, my goodness, so. yes. Yeah. Oh, there's more on China later, too. It's wild what's going on in China right now. Um, and authorities say they've caught a Portland serial killer. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. All right. Thank you for being here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. All right. Something just ticked you off. What? Well, which part of it? I mean, the, the whole climate change stuff. Oh, yeah. Whether it's saying, oh, my gosh, it's hot. Oh, my gosh, Phoenix uh, broke a record that was set 50 years ago. But apparently it's now climate change. And everybody's posting and uh, reacting to this uh, nonsense survey that says what global temperatures hottest ever. (laughs) You're saying it's not? I'm saying it's not. And even the organization that put out that study has come up and put up a uh, or come out and put up a special notice saying hey look this is not a model uh this is not official at all this is a project that we're working on where we're just looking at average surface temperature across the globe they also note it's important to note that much of the elevated global mean temperature signal was associated with weather patterns in the southern hemisphere that brought warmer than usual air over portions of the Antarctic. Hmm. So you're a climate denier. No. 
I'm, for years, the green weenie cult was out there going, weather isn't climate. Just because it snowed in Iowa doesn't mean that climate change isn't real. Blah, blah, blah. They said that for years, and now it's like, oh, my gosh, it's hot in July. That's obviously climate change here. Dude, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm sorry to be the broken record. It has just felt to me, and you can call me a kook and a you know tinfoil hatter, climate denier, whatever. You feel the full court press coming from media that they're making a huge deal. And I'm not saying when it gets over 100 degrees for several days in a row that it's not a story. It's been a story for decades. I, We can all remember seeing these stories. Yeah, yeah it's really hot this time of year. There's flooding there. But the way it's covered now is like panic. And you're thinking, okay, what's the next play? People are getting brainwashed by this for what? Well, we have to do something now. And I think we saw part of it yesterday, the likes of Ilhan Omar saying, this is the hottest on record. And she said 120,000 years. Yeah. We need to do something now. <laughs> it's like Al Roker there 120,000 years ago with a thermometer. Okay. Right. Yes. And again, man, it's like Good Morning America. Here we go again. Good Morning America. The extreme weather from coast to coast, scorching heat, wildfire smoke, and more heavy rain on the way. Yes. More than 72 million Americans on alert as temperatures soar. The last 15 days, the hottest on record for the planet. <laughs> See, there you go, the man. The hottest I knew that on record for the planet? Yes. Are you serious? When even the people, and by the way, the update from this, uh, when they're talking yeah. about, the, I'm talking about the survey that, that claimed initially hottest on record, as far as they can tell, whatever. Mm -hmm. That notice was posted uh, five days ago. And media is still running with it as gospel that it was, oh, it was the hottest day the planet has ever seen. Or has yes. seen in 120,000 years or all of that. Dude, it's the absurd. Is, once the correction comes out, it's too late. It's like the story we had earlier. Yeah, exactly. About counting COVID deaths. The point gets across to enough people where enough people get scared. Yes, we have to do something about climate change. We're all going to die. And so, you know, sometimes as we're preparing for the show, <laughs> thinking to myself, listen, Michael Schellenberger, who was part of Obama's climate team back in the day, had been a climate activist for 20 years, an environmentalist for 30 years, and came out of the book a couple of years ago. Okay, things aren't going extinct, all right? And I'm sorry that we scared the crap out of everybody. We're going to be all right. And I went back and listened to part of an interview he had with Joe Rogan. And this was like January of this year. And, of course, it still rings true. Here's just a little piece of it. Uh, a mass extinction is when over when 75 or 90 percent of all species on Earth are are extinct or going extinct. In fact, only 6 percent of species are critically endangered, and most of them should or will survive. That was one of the, you know, the environmental. Yeah. So we're, animals are going to be extinct, and we're, we're under a mass extinction, and Greta Thunberg is right. We're all going to die, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hold on a second, all right? I start publishing these facts, and all of a sudden, I get booted off social media. The other one is I pointed out that natural disasters are not getting worse. Deaths from natural disasters have declined over 90% over the last 100 years. We're just much better at dealing with hurricanes and floods and, and you know, non-climate-related disasters like earthquakes as well. 
Um, and so what they, they respond, you know, the, on the disasters, they point out that there's some evidence that hurricanes are becoming somewhat more intense, but then they leave out the fact that the best available science predicts that hurricanes will become 25% less frequent, but 5% more intense, North Atlantic hurricanes. But it, but I, even that doesn't matter because our just we're just so much better at preparing for hurricanes. So like vanishingly few people die. I think something like in the most recent year, I think 2019, something like 400 Americans died of natural disasters, or it's like 300, because I was like 300 times more people died mm -hmm. of drug deaths in the United States than from natural disasters. I mean, these, this is how these two books work together. Yeah, and he's talking about a book talking about, hey, the drugs that are coming into the country, yeah. that should be the biggest concern right now, not climate. But you have a whole lot of people invested oh, sure. in climate, and that's why we hear so much about it. So... Yes. More on that a little bit later. It's fascinating. You're saying that authorities say they've caught a Portland serial killer. What's the update they, there? They have a person of interest. Remember, there were uh, six women found dead mm -hmm. uh, in and around on the outskirts of the Portland metro. And um, and uh, initially, police were saying, well, we don't think any of them are connected. Well, now they actually dropped this bombshell yesterday. Uh well, at least four of them are linked, and at least one person of interest has been identified. Uh, so just about a month and a half ago is when Portland police came out and said, no, 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 the, they, these deaths don't appear to be connected. But now the Multnomah County District Attorney's Office uh, has announced four of them are. Um, multiple news agencies, including the Oregonian, reported that uh, the person of interest is a guy named Jesse Lee Calhoun, He's a current inmate at Snake River Correctional Institute, uh, where he's facing charges not related to the death investigations of the four women. But he actually was just sent back to prison. He His sentence was commuted, shortened by a year, by the former governor, Kate Brown, because he and other inmates uh, had helped fight a wildfire. And so he gets released, and then he had violated the terms of this conditional release, and was sent back to prison uh, by Tina Kotek, the current uh, governor of Oregon. But while he was out, apparently he was killing women. At least that is that is how the story reads right now. That's what's being sometimes alleged. right now the amount of crimes that are happening. How many are being done by people that actually should already be in jail? Uh, a lot. We're let out early. Yeah. It is so frustrating, man. Okay. And more on that a little bit later. It's that time of the show. We're not going all the way around the table because Robinson isn't here. Back and forth between David and I. It's a story you saw. It might not be the biggest of the day, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? Man, I, this kind of ties into a lot of debates that are going on right now and something that we've mentioned, whether it's climate change, uh, trans ideology, all of this stuff, where the left, they know that they can't win on the merits of any argument that they have, so they just call you names. They just shout at you. They say... You're a white supremacist, you're a racist, a transphobe, homophobe, whatever. Mm -hmm. Researchers at the Technical University of Dresden uh, found that voters of left and green parties tend to reject people with different views more frequently than people who position themselves more on the right of the political spectrum. <laughs> and I think, again, that's just sort of backing up what we all already know. And, and two, two things come to mind immediately. One is yes, the left is getting more and more radical, and it's not just here in the United States. Germany, obviously, is, an, is another example of that, Western Europe as a whole, where you actually have a very vibrant, 
uh, they call themselves either socialist or, or communist uh, movement sort of resurging uh, within Western Europe. And here in the United States, we see the same thing, uh, the radicalization of the left. But one thing that I think skews these types of surveys mm -hmm. is that fewer and fewer people actually would call themselves left wing or a leftist because of the very loud side of that political spectrum that has sort of tried to take over the conversation. And so now you have more people who would say, well, I'm centrist or maybe I'm a little more right. I mean, uh, so you just have more people shifting. And what you've said is it's not even so much liberals versus conservatives anymore. It's leftists versus people with common sense. It's a war on reality mm -hmm. in so many ways that is so frustrating. You know what? I'm going to switch gears for my story today. Um, for my story, it'll be just part of a speech that was giving or given at Turning Point USA, and it was by Tucker Carlson. Because on what you're talking about right now, what Tucker said, and I think this is true most of the time, um, you don't get punished for lying. You get punished for telling the truth. You know what he means by that? Yes. And I, I thought he illustrated it, you know, pretty well. There's no swearing in this, right? I hadn't planned on this yet. We were going to have this edited out, but you'll, you'll get the point here. Their response was the tell. If you want to know what they care about, if you want to know what's important, listen to how they respond when you say something unapproved about it. So if you were to, I don't know, write a post on Facebook tonight, and say, I think Papua New Guinea is the most powerful nation in the world. You would get not a single response other than someone's been smoking weed again. <laughs> yeah. which, which, you know, is pretty true. Because they're, and by the way, I'm not discounting that possibility for the record in case any are here, because I am an open-minded man. Present me the evidence of its flatness and I will amplify it. But the point is, when something is clearly or very likely untrue, it poses no threat to anyone. What's scary and what will elicit a response are true things. No one is punished for lying. People are only punished for telling the truth. Actual crimes, like burning down buildings, impoverishing people, starting totally counterproductive wars we can't win that kill a lot of our citizens, leaving the border open so seven million people can walk across. Those are not small things. That's like, it's not all like forgetting to fold your napkin correctly at Thanksgiving. Those are like actually kind of world historic crimes. Never punished. What are the crimes that are punished? Thought crimes. It's true. Thinking the wrong thing, having the wrong beliefs, saying unapproved words. And those words are always true. They are always true. Okay, always is strong. Yeah. But I think you get the point. Right. So as you were talking about that, I'm like, yeah, man, it, it's so true. And all these different people, and you would think, especially, say, in the case of the Twitter files, when you had people like Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, who used to be with Rolling Stone, okay, it's going to be hard to say that these people are right-wingers. Or a guy like Joe Rogan, who's been pretty liberal throughout his entire life. It's pretty hard to just group them in as other crazy right-wingers. But that's what they do. Yep. Because they don't want to argue on facts. Right. 
because it's not on their side. You're absolutely right. Okay, much to get to. Um, boy, talk about truth. There is a trans activist that is saying, and I saw this headline, but I haven't heard the clip yet. I can't wait to hear this. Hey, women don't own periods. <laughs> so they're saying that trans women can feel cramps? Is yes, that what we're to I understand? So, yeah. Seriously. Okay, I can't wait. That is coming up next. All right. Good morning, Van Camp. You're on the show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation. Laughing because of that song. Woman, don't own periods. <laughs> Not anymore. According to a trans activist, that's right? Yeah, Libs of TikTok has put out another crazy video of a trans activist shaming women for thinking that men pretending to be women can't have periods. Roll it. This is what I mean when the transphobia just comes out, the audacity and just the, the, the arrogance for cis women to believe that they own periods, that they own womanhood. You don't. Okay, hold, you don't. hold on, hold on. Yeah, they do, actually. So if you believe only women, biological women, can have periods, yes. you're a transphobe? Yep, that's right. Okay, there are a whole lot of transphobes in this country. Okay, you don't own periods. You don't own womanhood. You experience both, and both are different for every person. But as a cis woman, it doesn't belong to you, so you can't gatekeep it. Like, yeah. hello? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they can. can all right. Listen, you people can try to call it a bonus hole all you want, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the story yesterday. The term we learned yesterday that the radical uh, trans folks want to use for a vagina is a bonus hole. Um, no, women, I'm perfectly comfortable with women gatekeeping, you know, basic biological processes that happen yeah. only to them. By the way, just to peek in uh, to the show... Uh, it was, well, long after the show was over, like maybe even hours after the show was over. And David was still trying to crack the case of the bonus hole. Why bonus? What? <laughs> well, like, dude, it doesn't make any sense it's before a... they were calling it the front hole and then yeah. someone else called yeah. it the bonus hole. And all I could take from that is these kooks want to make it so, well, you don't need to have the hole to be a woman. So it's like a bonus for you. Well, no. And it, you don't get to own periods now, we hear. Okay. Bonus hole, again, it just sounds like something at the downtrodden putt-putt course, doesn't it? <laughs> <That's not> <laughs> <laughs> and you, <laughs> like, shoot a decent score, you get this one extra. Yeah, and then you can get extra tickets or something. Yes. That is what it sounds like. Or a free game. <laughs> wow. If you hit the bonus hole. Uh, people are asking, what's Robbins doing this week? vacation you know honestly i don't know i hope he's just relaxing you know um some people were wondering you know he talks about being a collector was he gonna finally get his stuff together and maybe sell some things i doubt it i don't think he wants to sell anything and i thought of him when i saw this story because a first generation iphone from 2007 just sold for hundred and ninety thousand dollars. dang now it was factory sealed who buys a phone in 07 and keeps it factory sealed? I guess a collector. Yeah, a weirdo. It, anyway, yes. 190 grand. Somebody else sold one for $63,000. I will not understand that world anytime soon. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation this week. Did happen to see this. A few places had it. I'm sure Legacy Media is not going to pay any attention. It's just that we have another FBI whistleblower uh, who's confirming some things that we already knew and, you know, in some ways makes things worse. Um, This whistleblower has confirmed that FBI headquarters and the Secret Service colluded to keep Hunter Biden from having to do an interview with the agents investigating his illegal activities. Yeah, they let him know ahead of time. Yes. So the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer issued the following statement after committee staff conducted a transcribed interview with a former FBI supervisory special agent assigned to the Wilmington office and the Biden criminal investigation. And it says today a former FBI special agent assigned to the Wilmington office. Uh, confirm key points of the IRS whistleblower's testimony. And they're going to have more on that Thursday. Yeah, I mean, that, that's me. the thing is you got a lot of people who were overseeing or taking part of uh, various aspects of the same investigation, this far-reaching investigation, we were led to believe, who are all kind of saying the same thing. Hunter got special treatment. Yeah, the night before the interview of Hunter Biden, both Secret Service headquarters and the Biden transition team were tipped off about the planned interview. Dang. On the day of the Hunter Biden interview, federal agents were told to stand by and could not approach Hunter Biden till they, you know, had to wait for his call. As a result of the change in plans, IRS and FBI criminal investigators never got to interview Hunter Biden as part of the investigation. The Justice Department's efforts to cover up for the Bidens reveals a two-tiered system of justice that sickens the American people. Or at least the ones that know about this story. Yeah. Because half don't because our media is dishonest. Yeah. At the, the best. Corrupt, really. I mean, yeah, the crackhead son of the president got special favors. And, 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 you know, they avoided it in order to not have to charge him with making false statements. You know why? Because that's what they get a lot of people on is this. Well, you weren't forthcoming with. Uh, this statement, you were, uh, we, we found inconsistencies in your interviews, and so we're going to go after you uh, on that particular aspect of it, even if we can't find another crime. That's what they do to people all the time, but not for the crackhead son of the president. He's protected. He's special. He's that an artist, true. you know. <laughs> yeah, Ferd. Our legacy media is nothing more than propagandists. Mm-hmm. Because you know this is a real story that the American people should know. And so many don't. And it's all by design. And I've said it a million times. It's just disappointing. It's maddening. You know, I'd like to see some of these people pay, too, for not doing their jobs or for lying. Just ongoing lies. Knowingly lying to people. You're like, what do you mean? You're going to lock them up for life? You know what I'd like to see for some of these people? that just knowingly lied to the American people, at least six months in jail. And you know what you're going to do? 
you're going to go out and you're going to clean up parks where there's a bunch of trash. I want video of these people actually working an honest day, like for eight hours. I want to see Fauci for lying to people for months, causing so much pain and heartache for so many, not just in this country, around the world. You should be picking up garbage for eight hours a day for six months, minimum. It's maddening. Okay. Now get off my lawn! <laughs> I feel like I'm making up for Robbins not there being here. Um, you have uh, an update on Portland. This is a, you know, the whole Portland story as far as the downtown is just a sad story. Yeah. But you've seen it happen in other American cities where, you know, we, we just want to be loving to the criminals. It doesn't work. No. And so what's the story here? Well, the crime situation in Portland, as you referenced, is pretty much what you'd expect in any large progressively run city. It's awful. Uh, KGW had this report about street racing that happened over the weekend. This has been popping up all over the place. Hundreds of people took to the streets, blocking roads, blocking intersections. And at one point, well, they decided to loot a gas station, needed some beer. And the, the video of this, it's wild. This was at the uh, 7-Eleven near Northeast Prescott and 60th Avenue. Um, and in, in the surveillance video, not only do you see a bunch of people going in and just taking stuff, people are hopping behind the counter, stealing smokes and just like, and, and the clerk, what's the clerk going to do? He's got dozens of people in the shop, uh, some of them armed. What, wow. I, dude, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation. KGW, again, had the report. Um, the owner of the 7-Eleven talked to them saying that they, the crowd stole upwards of $15,000 worth of stuff in under 20 minutes. And when he called the cops, they said, sorry, we can't come. Can't help you. Unreal. I can't help you out because of uh, too much crowd outside. I can't do anything. And uh, if they broke the windows or anything, then I'm coming. Then the, then, then cop is coming. I say, oh, you, you guys are waiting for somebody kill us. Then you guys come. And they say, I'm sorry, I can't help you out, and they hang up the phone. That's third-world country stuff, man. It is. Well, they, they say that they don't have enough people. Well, really, they don't have enough people because, well, a lot of people left. A lot of people were laid off because of the whole defund the police stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have enough personnel to, to respond to this, especially when you got a couple hundred people taken to the streets. Uh, as the KGW report puts it, well, they, don't, they didn't have enough personnel to safely disperse the crowd well here's an idea reintroduce the concept of police brutality i'm serious i've had it with this crap man dude we've been talking about this for years and every time that you'd have some limp leader in portland saying well we really have to look at this and and reimagine policing no you don't People break the law. They need to be held accountable, yeah. period, the end. If you have bad cops that get too rough or go beyond the rules, then they're reprimanded or they're let go. But you don't throw it all out like you have in Portland or Seattle or Chicago or Baltimore, D.C., Philly, New York. It's insanity. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you don't reprimand those officers for the time being. It's a triage situation. I'm saying like we got to overcorrect for a while. Yeah, you got you listen, you got if you know where the people are, uh, you know, they're gathered on these particular streets at these particular uh, intersections. Well, put down some spike strips and de deploy the baton brigade and you start cracking some freaking skulls. And all of a sudden, I bet a whole lot of that stops happening. Yeah. Like what happened at that 7-Eleven? Yeah, man.
crazy. Speaking of crazy, uh, abortion is a lifeline for trans people. Yeah, far left representative Cory Bush spoke out in favor of medical or medication induced abortion and dropped a new line I personally have not heard before. Okay. It's a lifeline for the trans folks who face transphobia and bigotry because of anti-LGBT plus laws and outrageous bans on a, a gender-affirming care. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm trying to understand where she's coming from. So, you're talking about like an abortion pill? Yes. That's a lifeline because of anti-LGBTQ plus laws? Yes, because a child can't be castrated, they need access to abortion medication. Why? Um, does she think that somebody going through puberty on its own gets you pregnant? Did she mix up talking points? Like you've got your trans talking points and then you have your abortion talking points. And someone said, you know what? This would be funny. Mix them together and I bet she'll read it. <laughs> She's that dumb. She'll do it. Watch. I'll bet you $5. It's a lifeline for the trans folks who face transphobia and bigotry because of anti-LGBT plus laws. And she did it. You owe me money. <laughs> She'll read anything. Holy cow. I don't even know what that means. That's something, man. It's okay. Um, on a lighter note, I think there might be a version of The Bachelor Show, David, that you may tune into. Okay. I happen to see this story today, and I, you know, a couple of my daughters watched that show. Um, some people in the family, I saw it on a few times. I don't think I ever made it through a whole episode. You know, that whole thing, it, it's so scripted. And a lot of times it's hard to root for anybody because you're thinking, there's a lot of bad people in here. Very much self-consumed. But this new round of The Bachelor is going to be the Golden Bachelor. It's this 71-year-old who is widowed, this dude. He looks like he's in pretty good shape, too. I saw a photo of him. He does not look 71, man. This is not this is not Uncle Chester playing chess down at the park. I mean, heck no, man. This dude from Indiana, Gary Turner, 71. Um, he's successful. You look at him in this suit. That dude's like sharp. He looks like early 50s, doesn't he? He does. Do you know how old the women have to be for this show? Uh, Have you read this part of it before? For that audience, uh, what, elderly is like 30, right? It's eligible women 65 years and older. Okay. Okay. All right, man. Yeah, I'm interested. And you see part of the interview with this guy, and he seems like, you know, a nice guy. He seems like, you know, just kind of quiet, and his daughter's... Um, he lost his wife in 2017. I think they were like high school sweethearts. And, you know, it's just a sad story. And now he's been widowed for a while. And they're like, well, you should, you know, date again or whatever. So they were all about it. So he decides he's going to do it. Okay. This is all I'm saying. Because, as we know, that show is geared for more of a female audience. Mm-hmm. Right? Any guy that successful that's 71... He could go a lot younger than 65 if he wanted to. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a jerk, but we just yeah. all know it's true. Yeah, he could. But to get the viewers, I'm guessing there would be a nicer part of the story if it was woman 65 and older. Right. But Maybe I mean, he wanted it. Maybe he wanted someone more age-appropriate. Th- th- 
Are you saying when you're 71 that 55 is not age appropriate? I don't know, man. You're 71 and in shape and successful, and you got your pick. 65. I've seen seen Al Pacino, man. I'm not saying anything. Dude, I have friends of mine, ladies that are 65. I mean nothing by it. This is just the honest conversation. Don't call me a jerk. We just see this play out in the real world, okay? That's all I'm saying. It's a show. All right, much more to get to. John Kerry embarrasses himself again with the climate. That and much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation this week. Uh, Climate change. We're all going to die. That's what I hear. Yeah. You know, John Kerry, climate envoy, President Biden, John Kerry. I'll tell you what. You know what he's sick and tired of? This crazy rumor that he flies around in his private jet. He hates that. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. It was the family's private jet. Right. That I used. It was okay. It was my wife's, and maybe I've flown on it a few times, and maybe I've flown private about once, twice, whatever. <laughs> but my carbon footprint is erased because of all the good that I do for the climate. Right. Okay. So I see this piece in the Wall Street Journal, and the headline it was clickbait for me. I admit it. John Kerry tilts at Chinese coal plants. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? So he goes into this story. Talking about how uh, John Kerry this week is going to try to talk uh, China into, hey, could you lower some of your uh, carbon footprint here? But how about that coal? Yeah, because they're going to listen. <laughs> They've ramped it up, the use Dude, of coal energy. Yes, we've talked about it. And then you get to the numbers. China signed the 2015 Paris Climate Accord, remember? Mm-hmm. But that deal, not so much reported at the time, gave Beijing a pass to increase its emissions until 2030. And, of course, that's what they're doing, according to the Climate Action Tracker. Yeah. China's emissions under current policies remain sky high with no sign of substantial emission reductions before the 2030 peaking timeline. So it also says that between 2015 and 2022, China's greenhouse gas emissions increased nearly 12 percent. What did we do in the United States? We declined 5 percent. China's methane emissions rose about 3 percent in the same time. United States cut them by 5%. So as it says, yeah, John Kerry's going to have an uphill climb on Chinese coal in particular. China's coal production reached record levels in 2022 for the second year running, and coal is set to be the backbone of China's energy system. Three jamokes on the radio have been talking about that. Well, yeah, they're not going to cut back on it. Are you kidding me? Because, they're listen, the Communist Party is evil, but they're not suicidal or stupid. No. Okay. So in the last couple of years, China added some 113 gigawatts of new coal-fired power plants. Okay, The entire world managed to retire some 187 gigawatts of coal plants between 2017 and 2022. As we talked about so many times, you can talk about this till you're blue in the face. China's not playing. India's not playing. I mean, and we're reducing. But to hear our media... These evil Republicans are going to make us all die. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, carbon emissions for the United States over the last couple of decades, it's it's at or below where it, where, where it has been historically. It's I mean, certainly compared to, you know, you go back to the 1960s, certainly it's less. And, I mean, when it comes to doing your fair share, if you're really worried about carbon emissions, the U.S. has done that and then some. 
Yes. We oh, don't but need Trump to go got forward. out of the, the Bears climbing a car and then went back to, to we're bad people. Golly, it's just so frustrating. Because the narrative's not even close to being true, but so many people in the country think it is. All right, switching gears to this. And see if there's something here, David, you being a millennial. Um, there's different things from the 80s and the 90s that Gen Z is totally missing out on, mm -hmm. according to millennials and even people a little bit older than that. And see if you think All right. if they're really missing out. Um, parents that let their kids run free. Yeah. Uh, musical involvement. Saying that, you know, like a Spotify made everything so available that it's destroyed a sense of connection. Because when you were only buying a couple of albums a year, you really got connected to oh, that yeah. album. And you listened to it to death. Yes. The excitement of getting back developed film. Yeah, kind of. I don't think but, that was all that exciting. I don't think that's something you're missing out on because no. you were hoping they would be good and then they'd be blurred. Yeah. Whether it's something jacked up with it, that sort of thing. Um, then it said, not having all your screw-ups forever un uploaded to the Internet. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's nice. I'm so glad camera phones weren't a thing oh. when I was a teenager. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Robin and I, we, all the time, thank goodness for that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, there's one big story today, David. What yeah. is the big story? There are a few. One, Donald Trump saying that he is expecting to be arrested again. Uh, this time for a grant or from a grand jury uh, that is going to hand down some sort of indictment against him for uh, January sixth, and all okay. that. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, see if anything really comes out of it. I know the grand jury has met uh, is meeting today, so we'll see what happens with Trump. Uh, also, the FBI whistleblower saying that, hey, by the way, uh, the FBI HQ tipped off Hunter Biden, uh, prevented an interview. Unbelievable, man. We'll also get to uh, deep dive in the radicalization of American institutions. Next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jeremy Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation this week. There is one story now, and we go through cycles on this show, that can irritate one of us. Or maybe yeah. it's everybody on the show at the same time. There's one that has been getting on my nerves a little bit, but now it's, it's peak level for David. More than 72 million Americans on alert as temperatures soar. <laughs> it's summer. It's never been hotter. But we've set records, world records, that go back 120,000 years. That's not true. Ilhan Omar tweeted no. it, David. It must be true. No, the organization that actually put together that survey that has been quoted so often in the recent, uh, what, last two weeks or so? Yes. Yeah, that, uh, they actually came out and said, well, well, actually, we're monitoring a weather pattern that, that's coming out of the southern hemisphere that then develops into what we call El Nino, which, yes, makes it hotter. And, yeah, in a few places, you've seen uh, record high temp. That's true. It's hot. Yes. It's also summer. <laughs> but but after years of saying, well, well, weather isn't climate. Ah! <laughs> now suddenly weather is climate. Yeah, there are a lot of people that are freaking out about this, too. They're buying right into it. Yeah, they are. It just feels like, especially over the last few weeks, you're seeing it more and more. It's the lead story. Mm -hmm. It's the weather, some sort of weather. 
and certainly the same thing again today. And so, you know, part of this morning looking at different things for the show, I had to go back uh, to an interview that Michael Schellenberger did. And again, this dude was a climate activist for 20 years, an environmentalist for 30 years. He was one of Obama's guys. And I remember he wrote this piece, this has been a few years ago now, saying, I'm sorry, but I cried wolf on climate change. Okay, now I understand what is really at play here. And, you know, you can talk about all these facts that he would say few people know. Like, humans are not causing a sixth mass extinction. You know, climate change is not making natural disasters worse. And then he gives the facts to back it up. Um, that fires have declined 25% around the world since 2003. It just fact after fact after fact. Okay. So in January of this year, he was doing an interview with Joe Rogan. And Rogan at the time was saying, hey, I, from what I'm hearing around people that are around news, climate's going to be the next thing after COVID for ratings to scare yeah. people. Um, and I thought this was really interesting how Schellenberger answered this question. Looking at climate change as the next thing that's going to freak people out enough to guarantee ratings. Yeesh. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at th the so both of these books are similar in the sense that I debunk popular myths, I explain what the solutions are, and then I also explore why it is that say the people that say they're the most concerned about climate change oppose the main solutions to reducing carbon emissions or adapting to climate change, like nuclear things like yeah. that. Yeah, basically the three things won't surprise you. There's financial interests. There's just sort of a broader will to power both kind of status and politics and just kind of I'm going to jet around the world and tell people how to live their lives. Which is hilarious and often happens. Yes. <laughs> and then the third is um, religion and that, you know, the death of God, what Nietzsche called the death of God, which is basically we just stop believing in traditional religions, whether it's Judaism or Christianity or Buddhism or Hinduism. As we stop believing in traditional religions, we still have a fear of death. We still have a need to believe in some higher power. And so we make new religions. And the problem with the new religions, whether it's climate apocalypse wokeism. or wokeism or victimology, the problem is that the people that are that are the adherents to those new religions don't think that they're promoting a new religion. They think that they're just being more compassionate or I'm just being more sensitive or whatever. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah, it is. Well, they can't. You can't. They can't wrap their heads around the idea that they're following a religion because they've spent their lives saying that religion is a bunch of hooey. Right. And so if you tell them something that is actually true, that runs counter to their belief system, they're saying you're the one who lies. Like uh, my favorite example, and, and Schellenberger made reference to it in, in, in broad terms, is this claim that we hear every time there's a hurricane, is that hurricanes are getting more frequent and more damaging. Now, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, the thing that runs the National Weather Service, among other things, mm -hmm. actually has on its website right now at this moment their meta-analysis that shows that, well, we actually can't definitively say that hurricanes are getting more frequent or more uh, powerful in general, much less because of any sort of man-made climate change. We actually don't climate know. Climate denial! But that's what they actually say. They say, well, here are a couple of studies that make a somewhat compelling argument, but the data coming out of the Atlantic 
don't back that up. Don't actually back up the idea that there's been this increase in frequency. And in fact, every hurricane season, by the standard set, since we started really observing this stuff, since you had reliable information, which really is only a few decades old, mm-hmm. shows that it's been a pretty quiet period. And everybody points at Katrina. Yeah. Katrina was not just a bad hurricane. The real devastation that hit New Orleans was a massive failure in civil engineering. Oh, I remember that. When, when you have a city like that's under sea level and yeah. the levees break, well, you're going to have a bad time. Yes. One other thing, just to, for Schellenberger to finish this part, I like the way he ends what he's talking about with this religion of the woke left. Yeah. So they're actually more they're more dogmatic than the people in the traditional religions because, you know, you meet people that have even evangelical views. They'll always be like, well, you know, I am an evangelical Christian, right? So they have some awareness of it. But but folks that are they don't like these people don't go, well, I am an apocalyptic environmentalist. What they say is, <laughs> they go they go, I'm more aware of the science, or you know, I'm I just love nature and I just care about poor people more than you. It's always cast in some sort of highly charged moralizing framework you know which is like this idea you know it's like this the, the main idea of the folks that that have created the the disaster in our cities is that they care more that's the conceit you know it's yeah. it's the i care i just care more than you do you are just more ins- you're just insensitive total bullshit but that kind of emotional that kind of appeal to emotion um has has a lot of power it does and people get captured by it because they believe, well, these people just care more, and they know. They don't. That's just it. No, they don't. But they seem to get away with it because of their degree or whatever. Okay. Much more to get to. Um, where do you want to go? You know what? Real quick, I'll mention Rufo's book because it seems somewhat tied to Schellenberger, at least in my mind. Christopher Rufo, if you're not familiar, he's done a lot of work. First, it seemed... He became big when he was talking about critical race theory after the summer of love in 2020. And at the time was doing all this research about where it came from and was putting pressure on Trump to do something about it. And he was pretty effective. He's got a new book out today, America's Cultural Revolution, How the Radical Left Conquered Everything. (laughs) That's what he's saying. He got into all of our institutions, and that's what's happened. That's why when you're looking at whether it's the military, it's education, you know, all these different points in life. And it's been a long fought battle for the left. And they've captured a lot of these things. And he said, you know, what he's tried to do here is peel back the onion on this ideological revolution that has captured all of our institutions to show that the origin of these ideas whether it's systemic racism or white fragility or diversity, equity, and inclusion is much deeper than you might imagine. I know you've read a lot about Mm -hmm. that stuff, David. You're pretty well-versed in it. Um, But I thought it was interesting because he said, you know, a lot of times people are looking at, you know, just the world saying, hey, what's happened? You know, this has now become a part of all parts of my life. Like the government, my workplace, the church I go to, my kid's school, sometimes even my home. How Mm -hmm. did this happen? So I can't wait to read parts of this book and figure out, because he's saying, I think it's going to be surprising to both his supporters and also his critics. 
said, I did the deep research. I dove through thousands upon thousands of pages of original source material showing that it's not just a political debate that we have. And a lot of this goes back to Marxism. And I know some people can roll their eyes when you say that, mm-hmm. but that's true. Yeah, it is. And, that, and that's the, the greatest trick that I think a lot of modern-day Marxists have pulled is getting people to roll their eyes whenever you point out, hey, that sounds like it's rooted in Marxism or communism, you know, fairly interchangeable terms there. Um, but you read, but but if you actually read Karl Marx and Max Engels' works, it's there. You know what the inspiration was because they tell you. <laughs> and so, and 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 you know, explicitly, what Karl Marx was going for was essentially a political, economic, and social movement mm-hmm. that mirrored the practices of religious uh, ideology. So even though, I mean, absolutely uh, radical atheist, if you want to call him that, whatever, he certainly was not a religious person, but he wanted to apply the practices and belief systems at the core of every religion to an economic and social theory. And mission accomplished in America right now in the year 2023, because to Chris Rufo's point, this ideology is everywhere. Well, dude. I think it really comes out in one of the stories that you've covered today that you had is like, okay, how does this happen then in everyday America? Well, you get Soros-backed DAs rooted in Marxism, and how does that work like with this DA in California? This is crazy. Yeah, this is the progressive DA of Alameda County. She's already facing a recall after six months on the job because of her pro-criminal stance. Now, one story that made national headlines earlier this year was the story of Blake Mose. He was a loss prevention worker at a Home Depot in Pleasanton, uh, California. And he caught a career criminal named Benicia Knapps trying to steal something. I think it was a charger for a power tool. And she shot and killed him. And the DA, Pamela Price, is charging Benicia Knapps. But if convicted, she will serve the least amount of prison time possible because of of what some are calling an equity enhancement. Basically not going after the, the gun charge portion of it as aggressively as she could. Uh, Blake Moe's mother testified in Congress and said the family's being victimized by this all over again. Even Democrats were sympathetic to her story, wondering what in the world is going on. Right. Uh, The DA was given an opportunity to respond. This was on uh, CBS Bay Area. All right, roll it. Since I haven't had any conversation with her, reading me some statement that she made, I, I think that's not fair. Would you like me to play it for you? Would that help? No. Any time that we can divert someone from the criminal justice system, that is a goal because the criminal justice system has been shown to be racially biased. Oh, my gosh. It's like a brain disease, man. Doesn't matter how many people get hurt because social justice is at the core of everything that progressives believe and want to do. That's what they call it, social justice. Wow, man. All right. On a lighter note, uh, there's a suburb in Florida that's been overrun by domestic bunnies. <laughs> Saw that Everybody, story. Every, everybody's got problems, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, those things can be a nuisance, man. This community in Fort Lauderdale, uh, around 100 domestic rabbits are on the loose, which have overrun the streets and people's properties. So apparently the story goes like this in this place. A couple of years ago, there was a hobby breeder living in the area. So she moves. 
but she left several rabbits in the street. How do you do that? Mm -hmm. Since they've multiplied, you know what bunnies do, right? They, yeah. So a lot of rabbits have been captured and rescued, but a lot have been found dead along the streets. But the numbers are steadily increasing because they keep having babies. So the locals are trying to raise between twenty and $40,000 to have professionals come in and rescue them. Some residents are so fed up with the nuisance and property damage that they're willing to pay a fraction of that to hire a trapping company to come in and exterminate them. Yeah, they might be cute, but they do a lot of damage. Oh, yeah, they can do a lot of damage. And I'm just saying, you, you can't find someone in Florida to hunt them and eat them? Yeah, that's the thing, man. Rabbit's pretty good eating, by the way. Oh, you're talking about humans. Mm-hmm. About like my, you know, now deceased Labradoodle. I can't tell you how many bunnies that that dog ate. <laughs> that was a protein diet. Okay, much more to get to. Oh man, Whoopi Goldberg. Did she just try to outdo herself? Like, watch, I can say something more stupid than I've ever said before. That and much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation. I just happened to see this. Just looking at a few news updates. I looked at hot air, and apparently Bloomberg did a critique on the movie Sound of Freedom. We've talked about the movie several times. Yeah. It's about child sex trafficking. Robbins and I saw the movie. As I said before, it's really well done. It's not an easy watch, but it certainly alerts you to the problem that's going on around the world and also in the United States. It's horrific what's happened to so many of these kids. And it's been weird to see legacy media and the left critique this movie and always compare it to QAnon. And as a person that hasn't seen the movie, David, you've commented on this several times. It's kind of crazy. Well, it is. It, it's creepy to me. And I, and I would just say I'm going to start playing by the left's game. I'm going to say if they're going to say everybody who watched that movie and thought it was a good movie and important to watch is QAnon, then everyone who hates that movie is a pedophile. Well, uh, Bloomberg actually got someone that uh, is an actual advocate of pedophilia to critique the movie. I heard about that. Yeah, Andy No started posting uh, past things that this dude has written. I forget what his name is. But, yeah, he's somebody who has said that uh, he calls them maps, minor attracted persons. Yeah, the Which, person's name is Noah Berlatsky. Yeah, and and he's written defenses of pedophiles. Yes. Saying that they are marginalized communities. And I'm looking around going, uh, okay, if you want to rape children, you should be marginalized. Absolutely. I want you to spend every single day fearful of what will happen to you if people ever discover what you've been doing with children. So what is Bloomberg thinking, saying, you know what, we need to critique this movie. Yeah. Let's get an actual advocate for pedophilia <laughs> to critique it. That'll show those QAnon believers. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes, that is insane. And maybe it is just as simple as some people make it out to be. They want your kids. Mm -hmm. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready?
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, there's a few things going on. Trump says he's going to be arrested again. Yeah, that's that that seems to be where his head is at because he got a heads up that he's going to have to go talk to a grand jury or something about uh, something to do with the 2020 election and his efforts to overturn it and leading an insurrection. So apparently he's going to be... Um, uh, apparently, he's going to be uh, having to answer questions about that, and he believes that this is a, a telltale sign that he's going to be indicted and arrested again. Well, he's been right about this before. Yeah, so that that's coming probably this week or next week. We'll see what happens here. I think it's really interesting that some of the pundits out there who are all about uh, reimagining uh, policing and reimagining the criminal justice system are mad that he's been able to post bail because he needs to be in jail while he awaits trial. What? That's according to ABC News's Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, goodness gracious. Nobody goes home. And no when one should be above nobody, the law. Nobody is above the law. You should not be walking. <laughs> you should actually be in the building. Right. Do they know how this works? They really don't, do they? No, and aren't, aren't they based in New York? The home of I cashless think? bail? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Where, yeah, actually, you can stab someone and be released the same day. Oh, my goodness, man. That has the bars on it. Both of you. The applause flight goes on. Yeah. The dopes that are there, you yeah. Took, okay. You took documents and gave them to other people. They don't let folks walk around. But suddenly now, we have that exception to the rule, and this is the dangerous part of well, all. Well, well, I, that the judicial system what? is at risk. <laughs> he he didn't give anybody anything. No. That's not What the, is she talking about? She made the comparison to what was that guy's name? Jack Teixeira, that idiot Air National Guardsman who was uh uh sharing classified information on his Discord channel. Right, yeah. And said that it was basically the same thing because apparently Teixeira's lawyers are uh asking for uh him to be out of prison. Um, and I, I suppose, I guess they're invoking the Trump case and saying, well, Trump was allowed to post bail. I'm not, so I should get the same treatment. Well, the two alleged crimes are completely different. So it doesn't, doesn't really make any sense. I can't make any sense out of any of that. No. And it just goes on day after day after day. Wow. That's really something, man. Okay, yeah, handing these documents, he should be behind bars. Yeah, they just want to lock up political opponents, at which at which point this is just a, a dangerous insurrectionist mindset <laughs> that ABC News is promoting. Seriously, man, I don't know why I have this thought at times, but I do, that you could go to breakfast at a lot of nursing homes and hear a more intelligent conversation about politics than you would ever hear on The View. And that's well, supposed yeah. to be a part of ABC News, for crying out loud. Yeah. That's just astoundingly dumb. Wow. Okay. Moving on from that, you're telling me this now. 
I see this headline. Abortion is critical for military readiness. Who says that? Uh, That's according to John Kirby, one of the White House spokesmen. Uh, In a new defense bill, House Republicans uh, have included a provision that prevents the federal government from paying for women in the military to go get abortion. So if you're in a state that has uh, restrictions on abortion and you just have to get rid of that kid, uh, the military would not be able to pay you to travel to a state that is more open with abortion. Um, and now this this piece of the legislation that House Republicans have put in is in keeping with what's called the Hyde Amendment, not having federal dollars go towards funding abortions. Right. Joe Biden was in favor of the Hyde Amendment until, I don't know, halfway through the 2020 campaign. Right. Uh, anyway, he evolved on that one, too. Yeah, he, very quickly, too. It was within the same campaign where he said, no, I stand by the Hyde Amendment. And then... It was like a month later after the heat came down from the left. He said, never mind. Yeah, devout Catholic yeah. Uh, Joe Biden evolved on that one. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, White House spokesman John Kirby really doesn't like this plan. He says it is necessary for the Pentagon to provide abortions to women in the service. That is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river. Uh, I've seen it myself. And it matters because it says we're invested in you because you are being willing to invest in us. You're investing your life, your family's livelihood with us. We owe you that back in return. Abortion laws in this country that are now being passed are absolutely having an effect on their willingness to continue serving in uniform or to encourage or discourage. This weak man is pounding on the desk on this one. About how a key portion of military readiness is... Well, providing abortions, obviously. How about readiness before you have sex? Is there something against birth control with these people? What are you talking about? They're spouses from continuing service. So if you don't think there's going to be a retention and a morale issue, think again. You go where you're assigned. You don't get to choose. And so what happens if you get assigned to a state like Alabama, which has a pretty restrictive abortion law? Oh, my goodness. And you're concerned about your reproductive care. What do you do? Do you say no and get out? Well, some people may decide to do that. And what does that mean? That means we lose talent. I didn't think that I could possibly have an opinion that John Kirby was more Weasley than he already was in my mind, but it's happened. Wow, man. Important talent. And we're, again, an all-volunteer force. Recruiting is tough enough as it is with a very strong economy out there. We want to keep the people that we get, and we want to to make sure that they can continue to serve. (laughs) You know, the left used to call soldiers baby killers as a as a means of derision. Now mm-hmm. it's celebrated. Boy, isn't it? It, it just it really makes no sense to go out there and say, well, yeah, we're going to have trouble recruiting if we can't provide abortions. What? <laughs> what? Give me the stats on that. Give me the research on that. <laughs> you know what it really is, is, is it's the same reason why major corporations have decided to help pay for women to go travel to get abortions if they live in a state that have heavier restrictions. It's because Better it's a cost saving. Yeah, I mean, they, why would yeah. you, if you had the choice, you know, you're, you're looking at the bottom line of your, of your company. If you had a choice, what's cheaper? Giving someone airfare to go, you know, get an abortion or providing for child care or any other health insurance benefits for a child? Man. You know, I'm sorry, dude. What's going in my mind right now is there has to be times where even people like John Kirby get talking points and say, you know what? 
I can't do that. I'm not going to go out there and say that, okay? There's got to be stories of these people, but you wonder. I mean, have all these people just sold their souls so much to say, yeah, I'll read whatever you give me? I don't know. Because I'm convinced when you're talking about abortion, Corey Bush, (laughs) dummy from Missouri, there's no way that she wrote that. This talking point about how abortion is a lifeline for trans people. Make sense of that. (laughs) I think she got talking points mixed up. It has to be or someone told someone else. If I write this in the talking points for her, watch, she'll read it. It's a lifeline for the trans folks who face transphobia and bigotry because of anti-LGBT plus laws and outrageous bans on a a gender-affirming care. Can you make that make sense to me? No, I can't. Okay. I mean, they're not aborting people's penises, are they? (laughs) (laughs) It's some sort of thing. Well, it's a trans dude, so it's a biological female, and they get pregnant. But then these abortion laws are terrible for trans people. Does does an abortion pill magically give someone a double mastectomy? I'm I'm not really clear on where that thought process comes from or is headed i you know with the mental energy that we give to some of these things i don't know if (laughs) we should even attempt that just go back to the it's the kamala harris rule you know whenever they make a statement think of it as a rubik's cube made out of peanut butter (laughs) just just look at it appreciate it for what it is right don't try to solve it you'll just get your fingers sticky okay yes and frustrated um hey your girl kim kardashian's in the news david my girl yeah, she's your girl. She I is? Thought, no. I, I thought you're like, yeah, she's going to do this, and she's going to pass the bar exam, and she's going to run for president, and you put money on it. Oh, I did. Oh, I did on that part. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was calling oh, no, her Oh, no, she girl. scares the hell out of me. Oh, knowing that she could wreck your life in, like, yeah. two days. But she's done it to many. Mm-hmm. But she saved this person's life. At least that's what this person thinks. This is from Kim's Skims. You know, mm-hmm. the undergarments, they're yeah. really tight. Well, you have this 22-year-old woman, Angelina Wiley. Um, she goes out. She's waiting for a lift. A gun battle breaks out. She was shot four times but survived. And in a video, she said the bodysuit, this Skims bodysuit, the Kim Kardashian line, was so tight on me that it literally kept me from bleeding out. I should recommend it. I'm definitely going to go buy some more. I mean, I should wear it every day. It's like body armor for women. It's a tourniquet you can wear. (laughs) Last part of the statement, call it fate or Jesus, but I'm going to call it Kim. So is she just trying to get an endorsement deal? I'm not quite sure. But that story was out there. She has not announced that she's running in 2024 yet, correct? No, she has not, no. If she doesn't, that how much is that? That's a $10 bet. Mm -hmm. Keeping track of the bets. See, Robbins owes me 40. Robbins owes you 10, but you owe me 55. It's getting up there. I'm down bad. Yeah, I'm down bad. You better start thinking about some doubles and nothing, something. (laughs) Your luck's going to change, David. I can feel it. At some point it will. Just feel it. Um, Okay. We got a woman that wears a taser ring every time she goes out. We got to get to that story. And a California DA says people don't appreciate the positives of being soft on crime. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation.
News update, David Van Camp. All right, we got a little bit more clarity on the uh, American soldier who is being detained in North Korea. Oh, This was a weird story that broke earlier today that uh, somebody was taking a tour of the demilitarized zone and had crossed the border and had been taken into custody. And mm-hmm. then it came out that this was somebody who was in the Army, the U.S. Army. Uh, the soldier is Private Second Class Travis King. Now, he was uh, doing a tour of the joint security area organized by a private company. Uh, he, ran, he made a break for it, ran across the border. He did it on purpose, wanted to go to North Korea. Um, they tried to get him, but the soldier managed to elude capture. According to the Associated Press, he had just been released from a South Korean prison where he'd been held on assault charges and was facing additional military disciplinary actions in the United States. <laughs> so he made a break for it for North Korea. Oh, my Holy goodness. Crap. Why would you do that? Well, I, I, that's a great question. I guess you're just saying, hey, Kim Jong-un, I'll be a propaganda puppet for you. Okay, what was he? What was he facing charges for again? Uh, he had just been released for assault, and then was going to be facing additional uh, consequences. Okay, it's nothing you can't get by, especially in the United States right now. Right. Well, if you want to take military, your chances, yeah. you want to take your chances in North Korea for the rest of your life. I, I, I would not want to do that. Actually, do you know what goes on there, dude? K-pop Kim Jong Star. Yeah, it's not good. Kim Jong Star. Yeah, I hadn't heard that song in a while. Wow, <laughs> that's a wild update, man. So, so, so they are trying to resolve this situation. They want their soldier back. Uh, apparently, he doesn't want to go back. North Korea is figuring out, of course, how to make it uh, worth their while. Okay, keeping an eye on that. Meanwhile. The DA in California says people don't appreciate the positives of being soft on crime. So we had the story yesterday about Oakland police telling people to just start barricading their front doors because of home invasions. Yes. It's not funny, but I can't help but laugh because that's so ridiculous. It is. Uh, Crime has been off the charts, really spiking after the defund the police movement. There's a new DA for the county. Her name is Pamela Price. And after six months, she's already facing a recall because criminals aren't being prosecuted. Now, she sat down with CBS Bay Area's Betty Yu, who asked about the family of victims who are demanding her removal. And about halfway through the interview, a staffer actually interrupts. You're going to hear it at the end of this clip, and it's hilarious. Okay, roll it. I feel definitely my heart goes out to the people who have lost loved ones in this community. Who have, So we at the district attorney's office are very, very committed to making sure that we're providing the best services some people are are not able to actually appreciate the work that we do. The DA's role has really no impact on crime. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Betty, I don't think you asked about the achievements of the first six months. No. That was my next question. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Achievements? We're talking about people getting out of jail yeah. and hurting and killing other people. Well, you're talking about one instance in which two gangbangers are not now going to be eligible for life in prison without the possibility of parole after they shot and killed a toddler. <sighs> Unbelievable, man. 
Unbelievable. You haven't asked about her accomplishments. What accomplishments? It's disgusting, man. Try not to say something that's going to get us in trouble. I'll just move to the next story. All right. Well, you're talking about, you know, the cops are saying, hey, you need to board it up. Seriously. There is this video that's making the rounds of this woman saying that she wears a taser ring every time she leaves the house. Have you ever seen a taser ring? I've never seen a taser ring. No, dude. They're like 23 bucks. And it's got this on off switch. Well, she describes it. She talks about. Again, she doesn't leave the house without the taser ring. This fits so compactly in your hand. It's easy to operate. It's just a little red button back here that you would click, God forbid, if you ever need it to protect yourself. It might not even pick up on the recording because of how loud it is, but it's really jarring. I've never had to use this, thank God, but I feel like even just that noise would be threatening enough to create some distance between you and a person if you needed. Yeah, I'm looking at this thing right now. So electric shock ring fits around the middle finger of the hand. The new squeeze and stun technology unleashes, what is it, 18 million volts of electricity with a press. Easily conceal in your hand with the on-off safety switch to prevent unintended charges. Yeah. (laughs) Watch out on that first date. Holy smokes. This is the Markley Van Camp Robin Show. Okay. Biggest story of the day, David. To me, it's the update that... Yeah, the soldier that is in the custody of the North Koreans right now apparently fled there because he was running away from the law. I mean, <laughs> what in the world? Do you know what happens to Americans in North Korea? Yeah, I. But again, maybe he's uh, probably not thinking. But you know, maybe maybe there was the thought that he could let the North Koreans leverage him as a as a defector. Okay. So he would be good for propaganda. Here's a United States Army soldier who defected to North Korea. That's a that's a goldmine of propaganda for Kim Jong-un. Yeah, no kidding, man. All right. Keep an eye on that. Oh, and a story about Europeans are becoming poorer. We'll get to that much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. I'm laughing because you're laughing, David, and I don't even know what you're laughing at. Dude, okay. There's like two stories that just popped that are making me laugh out loud right now. CNN, a very serious news organization. Guardians of democracy. Without them, America falls. So they're covering the the story that Donald Trump... uh, announced that he's gotten some sort of notice from a special counsel, Jack Smith, who's been investigating him and has already charged him with crimes in one case and apparently is going to charge him uh, with another crime related to the 2020 election. Okay. Um, They have the scoop, okay? All right. Here we go. Smith is tight-lipped. He was spotted today by CNN going to Subway for lunch, Mm. picking up a sandwich, leaving, and not saying a word. So no comment from the special counsel's office on whether they plan to indict Donald Trump and when that is potentially going to happen. And then, so not only do they have that hot scoop about Jack Smith getting a foot long, okay? John King comes in with the colored commentary that will surely win him some sort of journalisming prize. Okay. okay. Just one last point. 
Jack Smith, remember when the classified documents target letter, when Trump announced that, there was a lot of commentary. It was Jack Smith making a mistake here. Is he leaving this all to Donald Trump? And then they released the indictment, and we all said, wow. Wow. We read it. We saw the documentation. We saw the level of detail. Jack Smith going to Subway today is a message to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump tries to intimidate people. He tries to bully people. He tries to scare you away. That was Jack Smith with no words and a simple $5 sub in his hand saying, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, the imagery was, uh, was intentional and spoke volume. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you're keeping score at home. <laughs> Apparently, Jack Smith said, I know how I'm going to show that big, meanie Donald Trump. <laughs> what are we going to do? Are we going to indict him? Counsel Smith? No. I... I'm going to get a meatball sub. Oh. And that is going to show the world that I will not be intimidated by Donald Trump. Really? Subway, though? That's a gutty move. That is a really. I mean, he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to Taco Bell. But what, 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 what does the Subway mean? Hmm. What did he get? Did he get the meatball sub? Did he? Did, 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 the did footlong's the... not $5 anymore, so it it's had to not. be a half. Yeah. That's true. Had to be a half. I have never seen a human being eat in such a disgusting <laughs> fashion. Maybe it was a cold cut combo because with his cold logic, he's going to cut to the truth about <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh, maybe golly. it was a maybe it was the tuna sandwich because after Jack Smith is done with Donald Trump, he'll be sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> Did he get a bag this of chips? This was a bold move. <laughs> it was a Golly. bold move. The imagery speaks volumes, declares Dana Bash okay. on CNN. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm sure Trump's like, oh, man, he's tough. That's yeah. He was tough. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's exactly what he's saying. Wow. Okay, so you had that update. I'm sorry. What was the other story? The sandwich <laughs> that grabbed the nation's attention. <laughs> what kind of bread did he get? Was it wheat? Was it white? Hmm. I like the it had to be wheat because white would be too close to being white supremacy. True. Yeah, yeah. couldn't have that unless he was going to take a bite out of white bread and therefore there a bite out of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The other story is uh, the U.S. soldier who is in custody in North Korea. We're getting a few more details wow. about this now. Uh, apparently, the soldier is a guy by the name of Travis King, private second class. Uh, he had just been released from a South Korean prison where he'd been held on assault charges and was going to be facing other military disciplinary actions here in the U.S. Now, he was escorted to the airport to be returned to Fort Bliss, Texas. But instead of getting on the plane, he left and joined a tour of the DMZ. Apparently, you can just do that. You can walk away and join a tour group, and then when he gets there to the demilitarized zone, they're going to be uh, 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 touring a North Korean village, and he apparently he ran across the border to defect to North Korea. Oh. Holy Nothing <laughs> like a little light treason <laughs> to get Man. yourself out of a jam. I can't wait to get more updates on that. It makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Are you out of your mind? Well, it, I mean, he's a guy in his early 20s. I, I don't know if he's just desperate and trying to flee. I I don't know. 
I don't know, man. Okay, so a lot going on. I mentioned this. I just happened to see it um, looking at the Wall Street Journal. Did you know Europeans are becoming poorer? Like, they're buying power way worse than us. Like, it's dropping. Yeah. Well, the energy costs have, have gone through the roof. I mean, that's a huge part of what's going on in Europe. It really is. So it sort of paints this picture. It says, you know, it's also an aging population. And it does value its free time. There is that yep. part. And a lot of people are like, man, Europe, six weeks of vacation. That's nice. Um, but as this piece lays out, it's this new economic reality. And if you're like, okay, so that what, they're uh, a little bit poorer? Well, it depends on who you're talking about. I mean, there was one piece of this that was talking about, um, where what was it, Brussels? One of Europe's richest cities, teachers and nurses stood in line on a recent evening collect, collecting half-priced groceries from the back of a truck. Does the vendor, Happy Hours Market, what they do is collect food close to its expiration date from supermarkets and advertises it through an app so you can order early in the afternoon and collect the cut-price groceries in the evening. These people in the story are talking about, yeah, this way I can afford food. Wow. To get it cut rate, I'm like, holy smokes. You realize it was getting to be quite like that. Um, but the economic reality right now in Europe is one they haven't experienced in decades. Which I didn't realize it was getting that bad. And it talks about you know, France drinking less red wine, Spaniards stinting on olive oil, Finns are being urged to use saunas on windy days when energy is less expensive. Man. With wind farms, well, man, it's always talked about how it's going to save everything. And then you see the reality of it again and again and again, and it never holds up. I mean, you, you have a lot of things coming together all at once in Europe. And, and it's you've got... Uh, massive migration issues that have been plaguing Western yep. Europe for, for decades now. Um, you have the insane and suicidal climate change stuff that they've done. Oh, yeah. To try to transition away from things like coal or even natural gas. And so it's less reliable energy. And then, hey, when there's this little war going on uh, with Russia and Ukraine, Suddenly, these energy supplies are dwindling and uh, more expensive now to get to market. Uh, and then also you do have all the liberals, you know, Bernie Sanders and whatnot in America, love to talk about Western Europe's uh, generous welfare programs, uh, mm -hmm. socialized medicine, uh, uh, early retirement age, all these benefits. Well, if you have a declining birth rate, what happens inevitably is you run out of money. I've I mean, heard people talk about this a lot over the last couple of years. They're saying it, it's a massive problem that yeah. people don't talk about. Well, and, and in Finland, it's been going on for, for years, uh, which is why I always laugh when Bernie Sanders talks about Finland or other northern European countries like that, um, because Finland has never been able to crack the code of what exactly they're supposed to do with their socialized medicine program because they're out of money. They, they don't have enough young people working to support these programs. Right. And then who takes care of the yeah. older people? Well, and in France, that's what we've just seen. A big source of the rioting that went on in the last few months is because Emmanuel Macron uh, wanted to raise the uh, yeah. retirement age, which you have to, work you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we have yeah. to raise the retirement age by two years because we're out of money. And then people took to the streets and rioted over it. Right. I know. I mean, I can understand being frustrated, but it's like at some point there are economic realities. Yeah. 
that is part of it. Also mentioned uh, across Germany, meat and milk consumption has fallen to the lowest level in three decades. And the once booming market for organic food has tanked. Part of that, then you wonder, oh, milk, meat, that's by design. Oh, yeah, I mean, I well, yes, I mean, again. Because what, of the environment. What we saw over the last couple oh, of years is, is farmers being really ticked off because they're being told to not produce as much anymore to cut down on emissions or, or to not use certain fertilizers because of nitrogen and whatnot. And it winds up starving a continent. Yes. And then it goes on in this piece to talk about the one-two punch of COVID-19 and then Russia's protracted war in Ukraine, upending global supply chains and sending the prices of energy and food rocketing. Now you got this whole thing with grain between Ukraine and Russia going on. It's an absolute mess. Okay. Oh, something else I want to bring up real quick. And this is just anecdotal. Just to put you on the spot and ask you, because I saw this piece in The Federalist, and this is by Joy Pullman, who I think is a good writer. I like a lot of her stuff. And the title of the piece was, Have You Noticed a Lot More Americans Look Like a Hot Mess? (laughs) Talking about just going out in public, the way people are dressing, almost like looks like a depressed society. Have you noticed it at all? More people in pajama pants and just looking like slobs? I mean, I'm not judging anybody's wardrobe, mainly because... A lot of days I look like I shopped out of the Goodwill dumpster, but well, you got, dude, that this okay. So you what? You got like a pair of shorts, you got a yeah. t-shirt, and then you know like a button-up shirt over a t-shirt. Yeah, pretty normal fare. Yeah. No, uh, this is like pajama. No type pants. Uh, things that are, you know, for these body styles, the pictures that I'm seeing, uh. Not appealing to anybody. I have seen some people wearing the uh, the yoga pants who really should probably go to yoga more often before wearing those pants. Yeah, it, it kind of there's a honey baked ham effect that's going on. Yeah, one of the uh, the descriptors because she gets into talking about the people of Walmart. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen that Twitter account, oh yeah, uh, dumpster fire skank is a way that. Uh, some are described. <laughs> so I was just wondering anecdotally if you had noticed that or not. I didn't know. I don't. I'm not in like uh, a Walmart all that often, you know, to really say. But I have noticed because I drive by a courthouse every day. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought, man, if you had to go into court for something, it's time to probably dress respectfully. Yeah, a lot of the, people don't. The adult dudes with pajama pants. Yeah. What is going on? I I mean, I've seen just covering uh, stories. I mean, a lot of times if you're in like a misdemeanor court, they do it sort of in batches. So you have a lot of people up there and then they're going to enter their plea for a preliminary hearing and whatnot. And you'd be shocked how many dudes show up there smelling like weed. Yes. (laughs) Like, really? What what do you charge? How do you uh, how do you plea? Uh, in this drug charge, uh, not guilty. You want to rethink that one, son? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there's a drug-sniffing dog in there, it's having a heart attack. <laughs> not going to make it to the rest of the day. Okay, we got to get to another news update. Oh, there's a clip of Tucker Carlson if we have time. <laughs> That's just funny. And then Nimrod's in the news. Women weaponizing burritos. All coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. 
Scott Robbins on vacation. News update, David Van Camp. It's, apparently, it's a store. It's a sandwich order that will grip America. Special counsel Jack Smith, who is uh, relentlessly pursuing Donald Trump and preparing to level new charges against him, apparently. He was spotted today by CNN, and this is a huge story. All right? I'll just let the pros at CNN lay it out for you. All right. New and exclusive CNN video of the special counsel at Subway. Evan Perez yeah. was there <laughs> trying to track down the special counsel. I won't ask you all of the uh, less important things about what he got and yeah. how he paid and all that. But, but what is important is the imagery here. Uh, they clearly wanted right. us to see him uh, and, and that image to be very different from what we saw in the president, former president's post, with, which is that he's a, a deranged individual. Yeah, I mean, look, you can, I can count probably five or six sandwich shops between his office and uh, that location that he was, uh, he was at uh, earlier today. He, was, he stood in line just like everybody else. And that's the imagery that they, they wanted. For I don't understand it. Are these, are these individuals so out of touch with reality and common people that it's, see, he went to the commonplace. There were these other sandwich shops is there, that he could have gone, but he went to the subway. What, what does the subway have? Is it because it's a rival against McDonald's and Trump loves McDonald's? Say, if it's this, well, it's just this humble sub shop. <laughs> well, Maybe Trump they, goes to McDonald's, so what? <laughs> What does that have to do with anything? I don't understand it. Like this is painting an image that he will not be bullied by Donald Trump. What the hell does that mean? I have no idea what that means. It's just you funny are, to me. Do you ever think that these people go home and it's late at night, maybe they have a couple of cocktails, and they remember when they first started out to be a journalist and how high hopes they had to try to speak yes. truth to power, and then they reflect on the day and realize that they spent multiple segments talking about a prosecutor mm -hmm. going to Subway and analyzing what that really means and what the message is. The message is the dude likes Subway. Yeah. Can you imagine the grandkids at the funeral 40 years from now? <laughs> what a groundbreaker Gramps was. Remember when he broke that story about the prosecutor going to Subway? <laughs> what a proud day. All right, we're going to have to get that Tucker clip down. We'll do that tomorrow we got to get the nemrods <laughs> i think we already did when the going gets tough damn it this is too hard the dumb get dumber all right Ian. it's nimrods in the news on the markley van camp and robbins show i love the poorly educated all right nimrods the news uh we start in st petersburg florida 46 year old woman just a common woman uh she went to your common restaurant rick's reef as a matter of fact Okay, and she got a burrito. Now, she was arguing with a guy and got upset and then threw her burrito at him. Problem is, well, she can't throw very well. She missed him, but hit somebody else. Oh, buddy. By the way, did I mention she had been arrested last month for punching him in the face, but those charges were dropped? Ooh. Yeah, she's arrested for real this time. She's in some trouble. And that's Nimrod's in the news.